Welcome to the Drive Time Podcast. This is your host, Ray Ortega. I'm the CEO and founder of Grata Software, uh, where we partner with companies to build innovative technologies on cloud platforms. We're here today on episode six, and I have my special guest with me again, uh, Donna Raphael Rene. Hi. So here we are, Donna. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yep, it's always great to talk to you, especially uh, in the office. We're always going back and forth on projects and and talking about them and stuff. So it's really good to have a podcast where we can kind of talk about what we do uh, without uh, you know exposing who our customers are and exactly what we're doing for them, but kind of giving people a rundown of the kind of things that we run into at, at the office. So yeah, um, which is awesome. So yeah, so let's go ahead and, and start the conversation about UI UX um, or UX UI, however mm-hmm. you want to put it. And uh, I know last time you had some things you wanted to say about UX UI, mm-hmm. so I wanted to give you the platform now to kind of go over, you know, the kind of stuff we were talking about and the, the things you wanted to explain. Yeah, so I think um, the first place to start is kind of just to let people understand what UI UX actually is. Um, you know, you hear that term being thrown around a lot, but you know, what does it actually mean and what's the difference? So when you hear someone say UI, they're talking about what we call the user interface of a product, or, um, I guess you could say a software product. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what, what that product is, like what you see, what you can interact with, that's the UI. Um, and then the UX side is actually the user experience. So you know what your experience is like when using that product. Is it a good user experience? Is it a bad one? Um, and you know what kind of defines that user experience really is how easy it is for that person to interact with that piece of software or product. And you know how easy is it for them to navigate through it and to get the type of information that they would want to need. Yeah, and when we were talking um, before the show, uh, we were talking about the you know UI UX and 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 you know the user experience, user interface. Um, one of the things that you had mentioned, um, I think, before was that a user experience determines your user interface. Is that correct? That is correct. So in regards to that, so the user experience determines the interface. So you know you would spend time coming up with how how do you want people to be able to react with your product. So you know, you would map out ideas, you would say, you know, I want this information to display on this part of the screen, I want that information to be on this page, or I want, you know, this information to be on that page, you know, so kind of like coming up with how you want to do the placement, and the way you do the placement and how you share that information determines or dictates what that user experience would be. So for example, if I'm a user, I'm visiting a a website, for example, you know, the first thing I'm going to get see i'm gonna see first is that home page the top portion of my home page is gonna have information that hits me immediately and part of that is because you know when people visit sites there's a way that people browse or, or scan through sites and applications you know and you know stuff that they use even games there's a way we browse and scan through things we don't like a lot of times we don't spend time reading until we actually see something that pulls us in for us to get more info. But when we just start browsing, we're scanning. And the way people scan, they start on the top left, then they go across to the right, then they drop down to the bottom left, then they go back across to the right. So it ends up being kind of like a Z pattern that our eyes make. So in terms of coming up with that user experience and making sure you hit 
what you want that person to do first. Always put your bigger call to actions, top left going across to the right. Um, the least more important ones can be lower down. So that's okay. why you see things like big website banners and all those different actions they want someone to do right up above the fold before you even scroll down and see what else that that's going on. Okay. So, so do you find that in, cause I know you were talking about websites, but then you also mentioned some web applications. Do mm -hmm. you find that, um, in building like browser based software, which is kind of like your web apps, do you find that to be similar? The, the way people track across the UX, the UI? Yes. It's the exact same thing because you know, we know websites are front end facing. You don't have to really log into anything to access it. But if you're a user, you have an account on something, you, it may be customer based. It may be internal based for staff members. It's the same type of concept. What are the most important things for my users who are using this application? What do I want them to easily be able to get to first? What do I want them to see first versus, you know, what can be probably hidden in a page somewhere else or a drop down or something like that. So it's the same type of concept, you know, the, the experience and what's in the UI all, all determines what you want that in what you want that interaction to be, what you want that user to get out of using your product. Exactly. And so do you find though, are when you're building a user interface or the user experience, do you find it to be, um, are you looking at more of a functional thing or, or is it more of like, um, you know, the contextual, like what kind of, what, what are you looking for when you're putting together? Cause like, for instance, if I have a product, right. Mm -hmm. If I, if I coming up with a product idea, let's say it's, um, um, you know, let's say reserving, uh, a dog sitter, right. Or something like that. Do I do I think of all the functionality of the, of what this product's supposed to do on the back end or like you know how's it going to save information stuff like that or do I kind of just build the user interface uh, based on how I want my users to interact with the product So is I guess it's like a mixture of both <laughs> Okay So it all depends on on what you want to get out of it um functions are important you know the functionality is important because if there are certain specific functions that you want built in you say what the function is and then you come up with the best way to allow them to interact with that piece of product that will achieve the function you want so you want to capture you know maybe you want to capture information on a form right um yep you would say, okay, how important is it for me to capture this information on this form? It has to exist somewhere, but you know, how, how in that user's face do I want this interaction to be? You know, and if it's something where you're promoting a book, for example, and you have an app that promotes book signups or whatever, you're probably going to put that function somewhere very easily accessible to the user versus something that's passive like okay i'll offer this as an extra feature on my product for support then it probably wouldn't be right in that user's face but it would be somewhere where they can find it and still be able to get to it if they need to to use it exactly so and and i just wanted to jump in on this because um i've had this conversation before with people so so when i talk in my previous podcast i'm talking about when you're building your first when you're building your product whether it be a prototype an mvp or you're going through each of the phases to get to your mvp one of the things I always mention is solving the customer's problem, right? And you kind of mentioned it right there that when you're building the user interface, you're looking to solve the customer's problem as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And so, and you kind of made that made that uh, that statement by saying, you know, if it's specific to this, if the problem is is this, like I, I you know, like an example, if I need to reserve a dog walker, and the problem is I need to be able to just select a dog walker near my area, blah 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 blah, that kind of stuff. 
and and be able to essentially reserve that person or you know or or order a dog sitter, you know that should be in my face right mm-hmm. off the bat and not hidden away somewhere. Exactly. But if it's something like dog grooming, which is an a- a value add to uh, to that kind of an application. That doesn't need to sit in the forefront because that's not the first problem that you're trying to resolve for the customer. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So now, when you're looking at the UI, though, are you how how important is formatting, and also is formatting considered part of the UI or the UX? So format. So formatting in regards to how the information is laid out. Um, yes. Is yep. tied to both, but it's more about the experience. Um, reason being. You want to make sure that whatever the person is accessing, it's very straightforward, it's very easy, it's very clean. So you want to make sure that um, if you're laying out content, it's not you know blocky unless necessary. You you space it out, you style the text with bullet points, maybe numbers, paragraphs, um, you know, just just so it can easily be breakout and easily digestible. Same thing with if you're doing videos, you know, or, or if you're doing other types of functions like forms um, or other types of actions the user has to do. You want to make sure the way you build it out is in a way that it's un- it's clear for them to understand, okay, I'm here. This is what I'm looking at now. This is my interface. On that interface, these are all the different things that I can do and interact with and how I can interact with them. Okay. Okay, good. So when you do this, though, what what do you do to start off? Like, is this something that um, I know we've had this conversation before, and and I did want to bring this up, uh, you know, in this uh, conversation is, is this something that you need to basically build uh, an application? Or do you need to like, do you need to go into Photoshop? Like, how do you start the process of building this UI UX, essentially? That's where I'm trying to get at. Okay. Yeah. So the idea is, you know, you come up with a concept. And to come up with that concept, um, there are ways that we do it. So I know I think I used this the last time we spoke. But, you know, think of it like building a blueprint to a house. So you're going to have your architect. You're going to tell him what you want. He's going to come up with some type of blueprint, some type of sketch, some type of design that is gonna be able to emulate what it is you're looking for. So in the UI UX world, um, we call those things sketching or wireframing or prototyping, where you're not immediately jumping into the full product and development, but you're coming up with concepts um, in in order to get to that end product. Um, And then there's a slight difference. So when I say sketch, I mean something very rough, very dirty. Like you pull out a piece of paper and you start drawing boxes and you're like, this is my homepage. This is where I'm going to put a content box. This is where I'm going to put a video, you know. And then, you know, you can get more detailed with like wireframing. So wireframing is like um, there are tools that people use. Sketching, you're also wireframing too, so you're essentially coming up with the blueprint. You're like properly formatting like what a web page or web application, you know, homepage may look like. Um, you have you have a toolbox or you have a kit that you can use and you can drag and drop things like buttons. You can drag and drop stuff like form fields. Yep. You can drag content boxes or text boxes. So it kind of helps you put together more of a structured look and feel. Um, and then you have prototyping which is like the next level up where you would take that wireframe and you would give it some basic interactions like you would um, hyperlink a button so it could click and tell you this. When you click on this button, it brings you to this page. When you click on that button, it makes this action happen. Um, So that's kind of the level up. 
And after you go through all those levels, then you would probably get to a point where, okay, this is good. We can actually make a full design from this. Or the prototyping may have part of your design in it. Um, it all depends on how you're doing that product, you know, and your budget and all of that. Yeah. And then you can take that. And then from that, once everything is approved, it can actually then say, okay, I have a proper flow of how I want this product to work. Now I can actually go out. Um, and get it developed or get estimates on what it would cost to develop that product. Exactly. And and just to jump on uh, what you're saying, so, uh, and I want to bring this up, uh, I know we've already talked about this, but like the um, a, a thing happened in the office the other day between uh, Jason, who's our, our head of uh, business development and sales, uh, and myself. And when we were talking about a product concept uh, that we were building, um, we had this conversation in the meeting about, and we were going back and forth about, uh, two different ways to to get customer feedback and and one was his he was talking about you know building some type of a, a survey with an interface that people can see and kind of gauge whether a product is something that they want to get into or they want to buy um, whereas I was thinking more of a interactive interface that the customer could use and then get a look and feel of for what the site's going to be mm-hmm. or what the application is going to be and I remember we were going back and forth and then uh, and then you're the one that came up with you know um, the, which one we should do. And you were, you kind of talked a little bit about that. So when should you go, like when you're getting customer feedback, when should you go versus one or the other? Right. So it depends on what stage you're, uh, you are at in your product life cycle. So if this is something new, is new, you need to get customer feedback, maybe run some R&D, like research and development, you know, maybe kind of plan who your ideal persona is going to be and you want to get feedback without actually putting in too much money to build something, then you want to do something along the lines of wireframing, but the wireframing can be, it can have very basic um, interactions, like very basic type of prototyping, like what I explained. It doesn't have to be a, a, a product with code behind it, but you can use a software that will let you make your wireframe interactive. So it gives off that feel like it's uh, actual product because the person can click and when they click they see pages and things happening on those pages but it's really all your wireframe and you're just making it in an interactive way for someone to click through all the different views and the different screens that you're planning out so i think the mixture was jason was along those lines <laughs> and yeah. you were along the line of actually building like almost yeah. like an mvp of the of the application <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and it's and it's funny because um, and I and I wanted to say this earlier that you know people still today draw on napkins. By the way, um, they still draw their ideas on napkins. And so Jason was kind of like, I drew this idea on a napkin, and he's like, so let's just let's just get customer feedback. Um, you know, building something like like not even building, but just kind of designing this what was done on a napkin mm-hmm. um, into an uh, something that users can look at and see. And and me being a software engineer, I'm like, no, I could just build it. Like I'll build it in a weekend, and then we could just like see if customers like it. Yeah. You know, so so that was an interesting conversation. Now for our listeners, you know, some of you guys are thinking about a new product idea, new product design um, that you wanna you wanna implement. Um, but you know, you do have to take that into consideration. Do you have the engineering team or do you have a software developer or do you have a company like ours, like Grata software that, that can build this for you? Um, but you are going to be paying for that, right? Whereas, or do you just need to find out if customers are willing to buy the product that you have in your mind? Um, and in that case, you can build yourself an easy wireframe and, and, you know, essentially the napkin, but just in an in a electronic format so that people can look at it and kind of gauge, um, what the feedback is from those potential customers. 
Um, so, so just keep that in mind. Um, you know, companies like us will build the prototypes, um, but there is a cost to it, and some people just can't bear that cost right off the bat. Yeah. And and we wouldn't even recommend it. So we've had customers in the past come to us with ideas. And they want us to build the prototype or want us to build an MVP. And we've turned around and says, do your customers even want this? Mm -hmm. Like, you probably need to check that first before you spend all this money on this product. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that makes us different, you know, because that's we, we don't just take the project and just run with it. Um, we'll actually, you know, open up those questions of whether, you know, features or even the product itself is is going to be valuable to your customers. So, yep. um, OK, so on that note, the. Uh, so like, you know, again, conversation, we were talking about the rudimentary, you know, step or building a, a full prototype um, and you were talking about tools. Mm -hmm. So what kind of tools do you do you recommend when you're kind of doing this? Let's say and start from like the beginner, like the person who doesn't really uh, know how to start all the way to someone who maybe has a little bit more experience. So someone who doesn't know how to start, um, the best tools you could probably try out. Um, and I'm, I recommend these just because we've used them. Um, so you know, tools that will let you do a lot of basic drag and drop and you don't really need to know like design elements. Um, tools such as Lucid Charts, you know, is a good tool because it gives you all of the kit needed for like to build a very simple wireframe. Um, and then when I say kit, what I mean, when I say kit, I mean, it gives you all the different elements. So it gives you a form element. It gives you buttons that you can drag and drop. It gives you like banners you can drag and drop to place how you want the look and feel to be for your product. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, another option is Mockflow. Mockflow is kind of like Lucid Charts, you know, and they all have free versions of these softwares where you don't have to like pay money upfront unless you want more features and more, you know, more things to do. Um, another good one, and this one is actually Jason's favorite, Marvel app. Marvel app takes yep. it a step further. Marvel app lets you do your wireframing, but it also gives you some prototyping features that will let you make things interactive by highlighting areas where users can click on. Um, yeah. So it seems like they're clicking on buttons and going to another page and stuff like that. Um, and then also another tool that's close to that is Envision, but Envision is more focused on just doing a prototyping piece. Um, you would probably yeah. have to make your layout in a different program, like I said, like like Lucid Charts or so, and bring it in as like an image um, to Envision. Um, for people who are more experienced in prototyping, I would go a step higher and say something like Adobe XD or Sketch, which is a really cool tool. Some people use Sketch to even build out their mobile apps to the point where they can you know, take them to development. Um, so Sketch and XD are pretty good for UI UX designers. Um, a step higher, if you do know design, you can actually do wireframing and you know do a full design using softwares like Adobe Photoshop or like Adobe um, Illust Illustrator, Illustrator is yep. really good. Yeah. Um, so it all depends on your level of experience. You know, I would recommend some of these to try out based on where you're at. But you know, just doing a simple Google search is going to give you a plethora of options. You know that you can use. So you know you don't have to start from scratch. Yeah, and for the most part, these are free, yep. um, except for obviously the Adobe, the Adobe products. Ones, but yeah. 
but for the most part, everything else is is essentially free for you to try. Um, one of the things I do have to say is I'm not a designer. Um, I don't think I'll ever be one. I just don't have the creative eye for, for that designers have. Um, and and I believe Jason is similar to a certain extent, and mm-hmm. so that's why uh, like the one that he uses, the Marvel app. Um, that's why he fell in love with that one because it it I mean the other day we came up with a proto a, a concept and he built a prototype in an hour I think he said mm-hmm. or you know at least not a prototype sorry he built a concept in an hour a visual concept mm-hmm. um, using Marvel app um, I know I use Lucid Charts because it does have the drag and drop interface that I can kind of uh, the wireframe interfaces that I could just drop in there um, but you know it, the whole concept here is to get the idea out. Uh, onto something tangible that you can go and take to potential customers and say, this is the idea. This is the concept that we're going to bring to market. This is what we want to get. We want to get your feedback. We mm-hmm. want to know, is this something that you'll be interested in? Um, is there anything you can think of that would be a benefit um, to this product that for you, you know, for the customer? Um, those kind of things. And so that's why these tools are very valuable um, because they allow you to get to that level without actually spending a whole boatload of money on software engineering, architecting, uh, server costs, all that kind of stuff that comes with building an actual product. Mm-hmm. So, And then, cool. you know, you can know if your idea has some traction or not because the last thing you want is to pour a lot of money into something that no one really is interested or wants. Exactly. And we've seen that time and time again. I mean, we just we literally have conversations almost every day with poten- with different customers and then people poten- that are potential customers of ours that, um, you know, have concepts that they sound really cool on the surface, but they haven't really figured out if a if there's a market for it yet. Right. Um, and that's and that's a big deal because that determines how much commitment, you know, that you have to that product. You know, if there's not much market share. You're not going to put that much effort into it. Um, if there is a potential market waiting for something for that product, um, you know, you're going to put everything into it as quickly as possible to get it out there. So uh, it's very important to do that, that part of that research. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So now, you know, we talked about the, you know, coming up with the, the concept, writing it on a napkin, you know, putting it into an electronic format, getting some feedback. And then we also talked a little bit about prototyping. At what point do you actually get a designer? So... At the point when you get a designer is when you've essentially done all of that and you know that you have a good product that you want to get developed. If you want to get the, if you want that product to get developed, you're probably going to reach on the stage where do I hire the engineers first? Do I get a design that designer first? It all depends on, you know, what your budget is. If your budget is not very high, you know, you can get a designer who's like a freelancer. So maybe someone on Upwork who has great reviews and, you know, work history. Um, Or you can actually go to the engineering team that you actually think you want to work on that. And you can tell them your concept, what you have. And they may be able to also provide you with a designer because, you know, a lot of software companies, a lot of engineering companies, um, even the consulting ones, you know, like we are. We have a pool of people that we use that are in line with the industry that we work in. So we have designers that we can tap into. You know, we have developers that we can tap into. So you may not need to split it up. You may just decide that you're at the stage where you want to build it and then, you know, get some consultant to get that piece done. Um, But again, like I said, if you're not on that level um a cheaper version is to do it with a freelancer um you just make sure you do proper research and you see their work history and get you know references and stuff um because you want to make sure that it's still going to be a money well spent uh so yeah 
Have you have you used a uh, to, like have you used a site like Fiverr or something like that or um, we have like we've that? used those before we've used Upwork we've used Fiverr we've used ooh, a lot of them. <laughs> what, what what is your take like what what kind of level what's what's the comparison I guess between like if you're using an Upwork or Fiverr or have you seen any like real differences in design quality things yeah. like that? It's kind of one of those situations where you get what you pay for, right? You know, yeah. if you if you want it quick and dirty, you'll get it quick and dirty. But there are very talented people on those platforms as well. The problem is it takes time to weed them out. You never really know what you're getting until you get it, you know, because something can look great on the surface and then it's not like that. Um, the one thing to keep in mind with, you know, people who are freelancers, even myself who, who would freelance is, you know, that person is, if that person has good professionalism, they will get your work done in time because that's their livelihood. You know, but there are some people who are not like that. They're not as diligent because they don't have that, you know, real life concept of the fact that they have a deadline and they're, you know, in working at a, with a specific time frame. Um, so there is a higher risk there in you being able to get yeah. what you want on time. But again, it all depends on the individual because I know some amazing freelancers who thrive in that business they're very talented they just don't want to work for anybody and vice versa well yeah and and it goes the same with software development i mean we run into this all the time where there's so many freelancers out there um, both on the design side and freelance you know design side and, and software engineering side um and you do run into a lot you know especially the good ones there's some a lot of good ones that they just um, they, they don't like working for anyone because they like working at their own pace mm -hmm. and they, they like working to the beat of their own drum. And so when you have tight deadlines or when you have specific deadlines, um, they, it's not a factor for them because they, um, they're just not, you know, they, they have a, a list of people behind you that are waiting for them to work on projects. Exactly. Um, and so they don't really give the same dedication uh, to the project, stuff like that. I know, you know, us, when we first started, we were, we were hiring freelancers all the time and that's what we were getting. Um, one of the reasons why we mentioned, you know, the design teams that, that a lot of development companies have sometimes is better to use theirs is because they've already vetted people. Mm -hmm. They've been doing, they've been vetting people the whole time they've been in business. So, um, chances are they have the right people and the people that will, will do deliver on deadlines and and are and more professional and things like that because mm -hmm. they've already gone through this process, um, you know, in their own business, right? Um, and so that's something to keep in mind because you know, like I know at Grata, we've I know we've gone through in the four years we've been in business, we've gone through several uh, designers, developers, everything, and through all different platforms and stuff like that until we found the right ones, mm -hmm. um, and we've kept the right ones, and then you know we have our in-house team, so. Um, you know, it's just uh, one thing to keep in mind when you're looking for a designer. Just make sure you you do that research because because you know I'm sure Donna could tell you many times you get the wrong designer and things aren't going to go well. That is true. So. It's a hit or miss a lot of times, but there are some there are some companies who kind of balance it out by hiring freelancers or contractors because they're you know they're a lower rate than the in-house staff. Um, but they they promise them or they have dedicated hours to them. So when they have them on roster saying, you know, I'll use you as my exclusive freelancer, or my exclusive contractor, then they're almost like employees, but they're not. So but there's a good balance between the two when they do it that way. Yeah. And so and another thing to keep in mind, um, and Donna, you could speak to this, is when you are hiring a designer, you should you hire you need to hire a designer that has a specific skill set based on the need that you have exactly so there are different types now a lot of designers will um will probably have multiple types of designs that they like to do 
But in thinking of, you know, first of all, you need to know what you're building, right? You need to understand, is my product a web product? Is it a mobile product? Is it a responsive web product? Do I want it to live in the Android store and the iOS store? Do I want it to just be accessible online? Um, you know, and not be an actual mobile app on my phone. You know, when you think about those things, then you will know the type of designer you need because some designers, their focus are only on print, right? So they only do print type of designs for like magazines, brochures, and stuff like that. That's their forte. You know, there are some designers who are like UI UX designers, right? So they do things like websites and stuff like that or web web designers you know they do things they mainly specialize in websites so anything to do with a website or responsive website they'll be able to do it for you there are those who focus mostly on like the major ui ux elements that deal with mobile applications right so that's a forte right there because they're they're trained and experienced in building the user experience for a mobile application they understand how those work they, because you know even if you're looking at the same thing that on that's on web and on your mobile the uh, actual way it works and the way you interact with it is going to be different yeah again because you have a, a much smaller screen resolution to interact with and you have certain standards that need to be followed with android and ios you know you're also coding in different languages and all that there are certain things that you can do you can't get too fancy for some something you may be able to get away with on a web app it may be very difficult to do it in a mobile app um, so it all depends on on what it is that you're looking for. Exactly. And just in on a side note there, um, you know, the when you're dealing on a mobile app, a lot of times a lot of features that are on the desktop application aren't on the mobile app because of space. There's just not enough space exactly. to put it on there. Um, and not only that, it's a better user experience to have more simplified flow. Um, on a mobile app than it is on a desktop app. Usually yeah. desktop app is where you find your analytics and all these other, uh, you know, high level um, and, you know, type of interfaces that have a lot of different things going on, charts, all that kind of stuff. Um, you'll find those on desktop apps mostly. And then on the, the mobile apps, they tend to be very, very simplified. Yep, so, exactly. Cool. Is there anything else that you need to talk about about a, a UX UI? Did we cover everything, I believe? Yep, I think we went through the whole gauntlet of you know just letting someone understand what it is and you know if they were at that stage in their product you know the different things to consider and to look at and to look for um i would just say you know again um just do your research um do your research and make sure that it's something that you want and make sure you can properly identify the stage you're in um, because the last thing you want is to jump ahead before you have the other pieces properly solidified because then that can cause you to lose money and then you may end up having to go right back again to the drawing board. So you want to prevent that as much as possible. Yep. On that note, I think that's uh, enough for this podcast. Um, again, this is Ray Ortega, the CEO and founder of Grata Software. I'm here with Donna Raphael Rene. And uh, thank you, Donna, again for thank being you. on the podcast. It and was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, so stay tuned to the next podcast. The next podcast is going to be episode seven. I think we're going to dig a little bit more into um, selecting the right team uh, for your uh, your product uh, development, um, especially when you're tr still trying to get to that MVP and you've already passed all the design prototyping, all that kind of stuff. And now you're ready to, to really build this product. Um, you know, we're going to go further into that uh, in episode seven. So thanks again, listeners, for listening to this podcast and uh, looking forward to the next one. So uh, thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Bye.